Tonight, the situation at the southern border with Texas continues to escalate. President Biden has given Texas until tomorrow to allow the federal government to remove razor wire from the border or face consequences. But Texas is standing firm tonight, laying additional wire again today. And their governor, Greg Abbott, saying he will continue to defend the state's right to secure the border, saying he's protecting the state from an invasion. Today, the governors from 25 states issued statements pledging their support for Texas. Welcome to High Cheese. It's Friday, January 26, 2024. And we got ourselves a little constitutional crisis here in Texas. Now, let me just explain what's going on in a nutshell. Uh, what you had is you had the Biden administration, because of its ineptness and because of its open border policy, has devastated Texas. And the de Texas governor, because the federal government was not protecting its borders, decided they were going to put up razor wires and other barriers to prevent illegal immigrants from coming into this country, as well as Texas. So the Biden administration sued Texas. You can't put up that razor wire, was the federal government's position. But a lower court said that Texas could keep it up. So what the Biden administration then does is they appeal to the Supreme Court, make this decision for us. It's too important to go through the, uh, the appeals process, the, all the appeals courts. We need the Supreme Court to make this decision now. And the Supreme Court came back and just said, no, the last court that made the decision on this, they has to vacate their decision which means that the federal government can take the razor wire down until this case is adjudicated through the appeals process. And it was a 5-4 decision. And it was Judge Roberts, as well as Judge Coney Barrett, that sided with the Democrats on this. So in response to this decision by the Supreme Court, Texas governor says, pound sand. We're going to keep those up. What the Biden administration is doing is unconstitutional. Federal government, according to the Constitution, has an obligation to protect the borders of the state. And if the federal government is not protecting the borders of the state, the states have every right to protect their borders on their own, with their own money, with their own force. And Abbott sent a letter to the White House telling them what he's going to do and on what basis. And he's got the support of 25 or 26 other states that are all on board with this. And Donald Trump came out, and I think he made a statement that said he supports these other states sending their own National Guard to the Texas border to help. So with that said, I want to go to a clip. It's with the Texas Governor Abbott. He's explaining his position and the constitutional grounds and why he's doing this. What are you saying about the compact between the federal government and the state of Texas today? So it was the states that created the United States, and when the states voted to uh, create the United States and have a constitution, uh, included in that agreement was the compact that the federal government would take care of the states. And Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution speaks to that and, and says that uh, if the federal government does not take care of the states and the states are in danger, well, we can ask the federal government to live up to its obligation. Then the authors of the Constitution knew there would be times when the federal government would not live up to its duty. And so they empowered states in Article 1, Section 10, the right of self-defense. 
And what Texas is asserting is our Article 1, Section 10 right of self-defense mm. because the President of the United States is not fulfilling his duty to enforce the laws passed by Congress that deny illegal entry into the United States. What Texas is doing is what Americans expect to be done. Americans expect the border to be secured because Joe Biden has abandoned that responsibility. Texas is stepping up and doing it with all that razor wire that you're showing right now. And Abbott goes on to explain the Supreme Court decision. If you look at what the Supreme Court actually issued, they didn't write any type of opinion. All they did was to vacate a Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals order and to send it back to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. It's two sentences. There was no opinion about anything about razor wire or what Texas is doing or anything like that. So since then, Abbott has deployed more Texas National Guard troops to the border, while he already has state troopers there and the Texas Rangers. So what can Biden do on this? Politically, his hands are tied. He just boxed himself in a corner on this one. Now, he could federalize the Texas National Guard, but he risked the Texas National Guard just resigning. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going against my state. Or he could federalize another state's National Guard and have them go in. But then again, he risks them just not going down, ignoring him. And he also risks shootouts. Is that what he wants? Now, the other thing he could take up, maybe administratively, maybe he could hold back on some federal funding for Texas, FEMA funds. But politically, that's not palatable. And even if Texas allowed them to cut down the razor wire, think about the optics. Biden administration cuts down razor wires to make it easier for illegals to come in. We all know that's what he wants. But it's the independent voter that's going to take a look at this. Wait wait a second. Everything that Trump and the Republicans have been saying is right. It must be right. They're cutting it down. Now, I just heard a report that Biden backed down on this. I think Homeland Security issued a a statement, said they're not going to cut down the wire, but they reserve the right to do so in the future. But this administration is just so inept, filled with non-serious people making non-serious decisions. And remember, the cause of this invasion started on Biden's first or second day when he overturned all of Donald Trump's border policies. Remain in Mexico, gone. And last year, the House, they passed H.R. 2, which would have brought back all of Donald Trump's policies regarding the border. But the Senate refused to take it up. And think about that. It was one decision by Biden that caused all this. Just reversing Donald Trump's effective border policy caused all this. And then filling positions, key positions with inept people or people that want open borders. And to me, whether they're inept or whether they're doing it by design, it's both dangerous. And now the Senate's trying to give Biden cover. They're coming out with this bogus border bill that nobody has seen. No one has seen the text. It's being worked on by Chuck Schumer and a couple of rhino Republicans. And all they're talking about, oh, the Republicans are holding it up. They're holding up the border policy. And this is the reason why we have an open border, because we haven't had a good policy in years. No, we had a really good policy. But Joe Biden did away with it. And the Senate fails to take up H.R. 2 from the House. So no one has seen this bill that the uh, Senate 
is putting on the table. Yet, the mainstream media, the senators, the rhinos are out there. See, it's the Republicans that are holding this up. If we had this legislation, everything would be fine. No, it's not going to be fine. They're, saying, they're, they're telling us it's, uh, it's going to reform the asylum process. It's going to make it harder for people to get asylum here. Well, the Biden administration is just not implementing our current asylum laws. They're just looking the other way. Oh, come on in. Fill out this app. Walk in. Oh, you say you're some? Okay, here. Stay in the country until we find you, if we find you. And I have no confidence that, that they will be able to design any asi- new asylum laws that the Biden administration won't screw up intentionally. The other thing I heard about this uh, Senate border bill is that they want to give six to eight million of these illegal migrants work visas. You know what that does to our existing workforce? Just dilutes their pay. So instead of working two jobs, they're going to have to work three jobs just to meet inflation. And not only that, remember the $450 billion that it's costing us every year? But this is all about obfuscation. And this is what the Senate's doing. So the, the, the Senate and the media out there trying to twist this because Biden is taking this on the chin right now. And they got to give cover for him. And with that said, I want to go to a clip by Ted Cruz. He kind of sums up everything really nice. So let's go to this clip and then we'll come back and discuss. The Biden border crisis is an absolute humanitarian disaster. And Democrats don't care. Last year, 853 migrants died crossing illegally into this country. Alejandro Mayorkas didn't even know how many had died because he didn't care. When I brought 19 senators down to the border, we saw a man who had drowned floating in the Rio Grande. Democrats don't care. Last year, thousands upon thousands of children were brutalized and sexually assaulted by human traffickers, and Democrats don't care. Last year, thousands of women were sexually assaulted by human traffickers, and Democrats do not give a damn. Last year, more than 100,000 Americans died of drug overdoses from Chinese fentanyl flooding across the southern border, and Democrats do not give a damn. Now, you may say, oh, come on, that's harsh. They care. They care. Somewhere in their hearts, they care about all the people suffering and dying. Baloney. Because if they cared, they would stop it. If you cared about the children being raped at the border, you would say no more. When Joe Biden came in, we had the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. He inherited success, and he deliberately broke it. Democrats want these open borders. And this bill, this mysterious bill that is buried down in the basement of Chuck Schumer's office. All of you have a living as reporters. Ask yourself, why have you not read the text of the bill? There's a reason. This makes utterly no sense. They entered this negotiation saying we will only do what Chuck Schumer will agree to. He doesn't want to fix this. He wants it to continue. And then Cruz goes on to say that the Rhino Republicans in the Senate are also to blame on this. They're the ones that want to negotiate with Schumer. And there's two reasons why they want to negotiate with Schumer. Some of them want open borders. And the other ones are being spiteful because the House is run by MAGA. 
and the rhinos in the Senate, they don't like MAGA. They don't like Trump. So let's go to the clip. This bill represents Senate Republican leadership waging war on House Republican leadership. It's not designed to secure the border, and it won't secure the border. And that's why leadership wants it kept in secret. They don't want anyone to see the text of it. Republicans in the Senate ought to have the sense and sanity to say, secure the border, or else we're not going to go along with providing fig leaves to cover up the deliberate failure of Joe Biden and the Democrats. They have caused this crisis. Now, Donald Trump had a really big victory this week up in New Hampshire. He beat the entrenched New Hampshire rhinos, the crossover Democrats, the crossover liberal independents, as well as the donor class, and beat Nikki Haley by a resounding 12%. Now, I'm going to go into the numbers after this clip, but I want to play a clip uh, from Donald Trump's victory speech. So let's go to this clip, and then we'll come back and discuss. The other thing, she only got 25% of the Republican votes. I don't know if you saw that. Tremendous numbers of independents came out because in this state, because you have a governor that doesn't frankly know what the hell he's doing, in this state, in the Republican primary, they accept Democrats to vote. In fact, I think they had 4,000 Democrats, Democrats before October 6th. They already voted. Now, they're only voting because they want to make me look as bad as possible. Because if you remember, we won in 2016. And if you really remember it, if you want to play it straight, we also won in 2020. And Trump is right. Trump took 75% of the Republican vote. It was only these crossover Democrats and crossover liberal independents who are allowed to vote in Republican primaries for some reason. I don't know why. I think it's all about gaming the system, allowing entrenched politicians and organizations and voters to game the system. Oh, some democracy you have up in New Hampshire. Live free or die. Well, why don't you just kill off this open primary? So let's look at the numbers. In 2020, in the 2020 Democrat primary, there were approximately 250,000 people that voted in the Democrat primary in 2020. You know how many voted this week in the Democrat primary? About 100,000. So that difference of 150,000 people, well, at least a good chunk of them, crossed over and voted in the Republican primary this week and voted for Nikki Haley. Like I said, some democracy. And the Democrats are right out front with it. They don't care. Yep, that's what we do. We game systems. And that's the problem you have with big government and people that like big government because these are people that just want to game the system. It's not about winning. It's not about being competent. It's just about gaming the system. So with that said, I want to go to a clip. It's CNN is interviewing a Democrat voter that voted in the Republican primary. And he's like, yeah, I did it. And I'm proud of it. So let's go to this clip, and then we'll come back and discuss. Nikki Haley. And why did you vote for Nikki Haley? Uh, It's a vote against Trump. Uh, I think it would be better to have her against Biden in the uh, elections than 
would be Trump and her. Do you consider yourself generally independent, Republican, or Democrat? Uh, Democrat. So when you undeclared, you voted for Nikki Haley. If it was Nikki Haley against Joe Biden in a general election, who are you voting for? Joe Biden. And remember, there was this progressive group that infiltrated the election up in New Hampshire. And this progressive group, who received $650,000 in donations from people, likely big donors, and their purpose was to get Democrats to switch to becoming an independent or Republican and to get liberal independents to vote against Donald Trump in the Republican primary. Now, New Hampshire has about a million registered voters, and 30% of them are registered Dems, 29% are registered Republicans, and 39% are registered Independents. And this organization did a mass mailing. I think they said they contacted or did a mailing of of 150,000 mailings to people to urge them to vote in the Republican primary against Donald Trump. And the only reason they're doing this is they just want to weaken Donald Trump. They want Donald Trump to expend more funds through this primary process because it's less funds they have available against Joe Biden in the general election or whoever the Democrats put up. And Nikki Haley is a tool of these people. And that's the only reason that she's in this. Now, you hear people out there saying, no, well, Nikki Haley's in it because the Big donors, the big anti-Trump liberal donors and rhino donors, they want to get Nikki Haley on the ticket. They want Donald Trump to put Nikki Haley on the ticket as vice president. Well, that's not going to work. He's not going to do that. So what is it? Other people say, well, they're trying to negotiate. They want to put people, rhinos and anti-Trumpers into the administration after Trump wins. Well, that's not going to work. Trump's not going to do that. So what's the most reasonable reason that they're doing this? It's all about trying to weaken Donald Trump for the general election. Expend money, expend time, and keep the focus off of Joe Biden. Now, the other thing I also believe is that these big donors that are behind Nikki Haley, it's a vanity decision. They just don't like Trump. They hate Trump. And they just want to keep tweaking his nose. Think about that. These people, these big donors, they're spending this money. I think it's about $300 million to date just to tweak their nose at Donald Trump. Think about what these people could do with $300 million and put into something good for society rather than just trying to tweak Donald Trump's nose. But these are the American oligarchs, and we refuse to have them have a say in how we live and how this country is run. And let me give you an example. Reid Hoffman, the co-founder of LinkedIn, an oligarch, he's a prominent Democrat donor, and he's backing Nikki Haley. You know what Hoffman's also doing? He has funded E.J. Carroll's lawsuits against Donald Trump. As a matter of fact, Trump's in a defamation lawsuit with Carroll as we speak. And then the other thing is, Why is Nikki Haley in this? Why is she doing this? She should know that she's just a tool of these people. She's not going to win. But she's cut her deal. She cut her deal as soon as she left the administration. She was placed on the board of Boeing 
defense contractor. I think they were paying her $300,000 a year. And they probably told her, you stay in this as long as we tell you, and there is going to be a payday for you at the end of this, even more than, than you've been making. And I want to segue this into Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake came out, and she released a tape where she was offered a bribe by the Republican chairman of Arizona to go away for a couple of years. And I'm going to play this clip. It's a little grainy, but essentially this was uh, one or two years ago when Lake was announcing or said she was interested in running for the Senate of Arizona. And the powers that be didn't want her. So the chairman of the Republican Party in Arizona paid her a visit. And essentially said, how much do you want? How much do you want to go away? So let's go to this clip, and then we'll come back and discuss. Is there a number in which... I can be bought. <laughs> That's what it's about. You can take a pause for a couple of years. No. And then go right back to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. No. 10 million, 20 million, 30, no, no, no. A billion, no. This is not about money. This is about our country. There are very powerful people who want to keep you out. I know when they do. But they're willing to put their money where their mouth is in a big way. So, this conversation never happened. These people are corrupt. Well, maybe you're right. They are right. They are corrupt. They want you to be on their team. But if they're pushing a globalist agenda, I can't do that. So what do they want? What do they want me to do? You want to stay out for two years. (laughs) And that was Jeff DeWitt with Carrie Lake. And DeWitt resigned the day after this was released. Now, let me give you a little insight on DeWitt. Now, DeWitt was a Trump supporter in 2016, and... Trump gave him a job as the CFO of NASA. But subsequent to that, DeWitt stabbed Trump in the back and at the time decided to support Ron DeSantis. He was a DeSantis guy. Now, just a couple of observations um, about this. One is that people ask, well, is this criminal? Now, it's kind of in a gray area, and it all has to do with the power structure and state law in Arizona. And I'm sure that if there was a strong effort to get or ruin Jeff DeWitt, they would prosecute. But don't forget, these people that are in the power structure in Arizona, some of them have ties to these same people that were trying to bribe Carrie Lake. And these are all the insiders. These aren't the general people that are voting in Arizona. These are the insiders. These are the people in the swamp. Now, the other thing, did he break federal law? I don't know. Because this is a really, really gray area, I don't know. But DeWitt resigned. But it just shows us this is how the swamp works. Remember the saying that you used to hear growing up, I can buy and sell you. Well, this is what they're trying to do. We've got so much money that so few people have accumulated that they can buy and sell so many people. But Carrie Lake's not one of them. Donald Trump's not one of them. 
And there's millions and millions and millions of Americans that aren't one of them. We just have to get more people in Washington that think like Carrie Lake, that think like Donald Trump. And that's going to happen because their days are numbered. The swamp days are numbered. The undue influence that these oligarchs in the United States have on public policy and the way we live, their days are numbered. Now, the other thing I just want to reference is that it wasn't picked up in this uh, piece, but DeWitt mentioned that, oh, the people back east, they want you to go away. And people are saying, well, who, who, does he, who is he referencing from the people back east? Who is DeWitt referencing when he says the people back east? Now, there have been some reports that it was being coordinated by Mitch McConnell and the oligarchs that surround him and his power structure in the swamp. So we shall see. So in this continuation of the swamp theme today, the United Auto Workers Union came out and endorsed Joe Biden. Even though the rank and file are Trump supporters, the union wants Joe Biden, the heads of the union. And this is the problem with the unions today is that they don't represent what the rank and file want. They represent what the higher-ups want, because it's all power game for them. Not for the rank and file, but for them. And with that said, I want to go to a clip with the head of the UAW, Sean Fain. And I think he's being interviewed by Neil Cavuto, who I'm not a fan of, but this was a good clip. So let's go to this clip and then we'll come back and discuss. Let me be clear about this. A great majority of our members will not vote for President Biden. Uh, Yes, some will. Uh, But that's the reality of this. Uh, The majority of our members are going to vote their paychecks. They're going to vote for an economy that works for them and they're going to vote for a president. So this union is going to take union dues from the auto worker. And help fund the campaign for Joe Biden, even though the rank and file want Donald Trump. What kind of representation is that? And this is the general disconnect that you have, whether it's a union boss versus the rank and file, whether it has the institutions that are oblivious to the trials and tribulations of the average American. It's not about them. It's not about the regular guy on the street. It's all about their own power. And here's a perfect example. Ah, my rank and file, I, they, I know they're going to go for Trump. But we got the money and we're going to give it to Joe Biden. So we shall see. Just a couple of items I wanted to talk about before I go for the day. The first thing is that uh, Peter Navarro was sentenced to four months in prison today for defying the J6 hearing subpoena. Four months to putting a man 70 plus years old in prison for four months. Meanwhile, you have Hunter Biden walking around, flipping the bird to the House Oversight Committee and their subpoena. And ultimately, you know that whatever happens to Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's going to pardon him. Oh, and there's no two-tiers justice system here? Now, the second thing I want to talk about is that the jury came out with a judgment on Donald Trump's defamation suit. As I mentioned before, E.J. Carroll sued Donald Trump because he said a couple of nasty things. 
And the judge, and I've been following the case, the judge was totally biased. Threatened to put one of Trump's attorneys in jail. Prevented Trump from defending himself properly. Made inappropriate remarks about Trump during the trial. And really did not give him a fair trial. Well, anyway, make a long story short, $83 million they awarded to E.J. Carroll. $83 million. This corrupt system is trying to ruin Donald Trump. Defamation suit, a defamation suit, $83 million. They've got this other crazy judge in New York trying to take his business away from him. They've got these crazy, insane criminal cases that are trying to put Donald Trump away for life. This system, this corrupt Democrat machine is trying to ruin Donald Trump. All because he's trying to defend you. And remember that. That's why it's imperative come election day. You get yourself out to vote. You get everyone you know to come out and vote for Donald Trump. And you tell them why. This guy is risking everything for the American people. Not the elites. Not the institutions. Not the corrupt judges. But for you and this country. Now, the upside is he probably can appeal this. And there's many cases where these type of awards have been reduced dramatically. But we don't know at this point. But this guy is risking everything for this country and for you. And with that said, thank you very much for listening. You have a good week, and I will talk to you next Saturday.